Hey guys, Lady One here with a special bonus episode of Screen Fix for you this week. We are crazy stupid excited about Avengers Endgame coming out in just a few short days. So in preparation, we are throwing it back to when we fixed Avengers Infinity War. So what you're about to hear is myself, JC and Mustachio gushing over one of our favorite movies of 2018. And of course, doing a little fixing. We can't wait to hear from you all after you guys see Avengers Endgame. So make sure you tweet us your fixes at ScreenFixPod or send an email to ScreenFixPod at gmail.com and we'll read them on the next show. So I hope you enjoy, and we'll be back next week fixing Avengers Endgame. So her hair just wanted to curl up and die. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm lost. Did on you that not one. hear it? But <laughs> all right. So, how about we all curl up and uh, talk about movies? So, welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. With me today are the hosts that carry the show. Say hello to everybody, Lady One. Hi. And say hello to everyone, Mustachio. Mic check. Mic check. One two one two. Oh, he's a beastie boy. <laughs> <laughs> So beastly, that one. All right, so it's time, the moment we've been waiting for. Yes! Let's dive into Avengers Infinity War. War, 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 war. Is he falling asleep? <laughs> Worldwide phenomenon broke the opening weekend record, fastest movie to reach one billion. But I don't have the real breakdown. Lady One is our statistician. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Lady One. Give us them stats for Avengers: Infinity War worldwide phenomenon. It made all of the money. <laughs> <laughs> Not half of all the money. <laughs> yes, it was two hundred and fifty-eight point two million in the u.s 640 million globally in that first weekend it broke the domestic record that was held by force awakens correct and it, right. and it broke the worldwide record that was held by one of the fast and furious movies fate of the furious yeah and like jc said fastest movie to hit a billion it's 84 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes and has an audience score of 92 percent audiences love it i Loved it. I saw it twice. What was the experience like for you in the theater when you saw this one, Lady One? It was probably the best movie viewing experience of my life. Wow. Like, wow. it was. Yeah. I was dead center in the IMAX, 7 o'clock, that Thursday night, and everyone was just buzzing. Everyone was wearing their t-shirts. There was a guy walking with Hulk hands. <laughs> and it just got all the reactions that you wanted. People cheered. People laughed. People, like, yelled out, like, no, when things happen. It was just fantastic. Everyone was fully into it. The whole cans guy was like, womp, womp. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he got his like one little scene. Yeah. He got his ass beat. Cool. Uh, what was the biggest uh, reaction in your theater, Lady One? It's tough to say if it was louder when Cap appeared in the shadows 
or when Rubber Band Man started playing and we got the Guardians. Yeah. Those were yeah. the two biggest yeah. moments of everyone. <laughs> oh, and also the reaction to the Iron Spider suit having the legs yeah. was like huge. The whole theater started cheering. Oh, nice. that nice. sounds great. How was it your was awesome. how was your theater experience, Mustachio? Good. The first time I saw it, yeah, I was definitely there on opening like screening night uh, with two close friends and the audience reactions were yeah, they were happening. <laughs> they were happening. Like they, they reacted the same with the when we follow the camera into the Milano. Yeah, with the Guardians, I, I felt like nobody was like cheering, but you, you could sense the energy. Aw. Yeah, the the laughter definitely happened uh, with like Iron so Man. many jokes in this movie. So oh, many man. good, so many good jokes. Yeah. Yeah, there was there's a lot of great jokes in there, and most of them landed from what I could tell from the within the theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lots yeah. of laughing. Like every time Thor called Rocket Rabbit. Yeah. He was calling Rocket Raccoon Rabbit the entire time. It was so funny. <laughs> Peter Quill saying he's got to, you know, get back at it and get a Bowflex because he's getting kind of fat. Yeah. <laughs> or when when uh, Drax says, this looks like a pirate. <laughs> and an angel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> looks like a pirate made <laughs> love to an angel. <laughs> he, keeps, he keeps calling him the God Man. <laughs> yeah, the God Man. <laughs> Oh, man, I laughed my ass off with Drax again. I was so happy. He's got, like, that super ability to, you know, stay silent. Yeah, but he obviously doesn't at all. (laughs) Yeah, so much, so much good humor and a a lot of great opportunities for crowd reaction. Yeah. Do you remember which one you think got the the biggest one in your theater? Uh, The biggest one in my theater was actually Squidward. (laughs) Squidward was a good one. Squidward. My theater enjoyed Earth is Closed. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah earth is closed was good just so much so much goodness there i mean ebony mall was getting a lot of jokes thrown at him and he was just like a joke vacuum he didn't <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so i ordered my avengers tickets obviously way long 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 time ago and i got them first dead center imax opening night ordered them from fandango had my receipt and and everything went to the theater someone was in my seats oh I had to go to the front. They went and checked the person's tickets. And sure enough, they were valid tickets for that night, that seat, that time. And so were mine. So they double booked your seat? They said to me, sorry, That's there's crazy. nothing we can do. We can refund your money. Nope. What? There's nothing I could do. I couldn't. What, what am I going to do? Kick the, the two kids out of their seats? I don't know what to do. That's so, crazy. So I ended up just seeing. They put me for free in a standard theater, uh, a showtime that they added. It was weird. There was only about 10 people in the theater. Cause it was like a weird showtime that they just added. Ugh. And Sounds awful. yeah, there was no one in there. No one laughed at any of the jokes. No one laughed at any of the reveals or like reacted in the reveals. It was terrible. And I left. That and it kind of like took away your. It, your opening night audience kind of reactions kind of left a a bad feeling in my mouth but so i i went back and saw it again this time imax dead center and with all the crowd even though it was it was a couple days later the crowd was still all about it biggest reaction for me was just uh in my theater was the red skull reveal Mm. uh when red skull showed up first of all everybody went (gasps) but some somebody behind me was like oh my <laughs> like just was wow. to- totally freaking out. Yeah. My theater spaz. And of course was that person who was explaining to all her friends who that is, you know, just you could hear her behind me and then Yeah, I heard an audible who's that when Red Skull came out. 
<laughs> and then you could hear oh. the necks turning, like like people just looking over, like <laughs> all the necks turning. Who's that? Who? So that happened to me. <laughs> oh no! I did not ask. Mister Lady One asked, "Who's that?" Yeah. And I just was like, Shh. "Yeah, I'll tell you and later." Was, uh, <laughs> you're you're embarrassing. I did. Me. I waited. I waited like until it, they were talking a little, and then I was like, "That's the bad guy from Captain America." My crowd did clap and cheer when Thor shows up back on Earth. Yeah, the whole audience went nuts. Yes, when he comes theater. like slamming down and just just killing everything, and I actually got very like giddy and felt all nice inside too. But so yes, there was clapping, cheering right then when when Thor shows up, and it's just like heightened by the fact that Mark Ruffalo very dorkily was like, "You are all so screwed now." <laughs> It's like, yeah. Oh man, he's so cute. Yeah. Because he's... It, at that moment, Mark Ruffalo was all of us. Like he was all of he was all of us yeah. in the theater. He looked inebriated inside of the Hulkbuster <laughs> yeah, suit. Like that's 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 a that's a funny Bruce Banner. I want to hear him speak more lines he like was that. It's a funny Bruce Banner. <laughs> so that part also got the other reaction. But I love this movie. But of course, we're gonna fix it, and we fix movies that we love because we're we're nerds. We just like to do this i'm not gonna say that it didn't feel long in my theater because there was a point in the middle where i was feeling a little bit of drag but for the most part i was just with it with it with it i i loved it this movie did you love this movie as well Stasio, why don't you tell us a couple things that you really liked about this we kind of touched on that a bit with our theater reactions but just really quick what did you really like about this movie oh my my nerd heart is pounding. I, I don't even know how to describe how I love this movie so much. It was the culmination of 10 years. Uh, I just loved this movie. I, I think I had a, a very late uh, appreciation for Doctor Strange. I didn't see the movie until like a year after it was out. Oh. And I love Doctor Strange. Oh, my gosh. He's great. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I, I had a lot of high hopes for how Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be him, and it was knocked out of the park. And his involvement in this movie, his depth of character, like the usage of his super intelligence, I was just enthralled. So, I mean, there's there's new stuff in there with like Peter Dinklage was like Eitri, the the dwarf weapon maker on Nedavellir. I, I liked that. I, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was cool. I mean, they didn't change up his appearance and his face all that much. That's definitely Peter Dinklage in there. And it's just that's basically giant Peter Dinklage. Yeah, and his jokes were landing. Like, my yeah. theater was laughing at, like, yeah, that's what killing you means or something to that effect. Yeah. Yes, but I fucking had a great time. I want to go see it again today now. <laughs> Lady One, tell us something you really liked about this movie. Well, first of all, did you like it? Yeah. What were some of the things you especially liked? I loved this whole movie. I loved how it made me laugh. It made me jump. It made me cheer. And then it made me get all emotional. It was it was so good. The script was damn near flawless. Ugh. Like, that is impressive. Ugh. To have that many, quote-unquote, main characters. And, and you didn't feel like they were fighting for screen time i will say i don't feel like everybody got maybe as much as they could have but it definitely didn't feel like i was being pulled in different directions even though i literally was bouncing from story to story the jokes were so great i mean my theater lost it when cap said i am steve rogers to groot 
It was so yeah, good. That was a nice little throw-in <laughs> at the end. And I, and I love that, too, I how Thor's that. like, it's my friend. He's, he's a tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I also particularly loved Thor and Cap's exchange of, like, you got a haircut. I see you copied, copied my beard. Copied my beard. Like, oh, nice. <laughs> it was so cute. There's so many quotable lines in this. So, so yeah. much, so much goodness. Yeah. Why is Gamora? Oh, yeah. I'll oh, do yeah. you one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was good. Yeah, it was, it was really, really great. Yeah, I thought that the interplay between all of the characters was awesome. I mean, you're, you're also balancing mm-hmm. all these different personalities. Yeah. And each, you know, a lot of the characters have their own distinct personalities, and you feel like everybody held on to that. And yes. I did like how they said that James Gunn, had his say on the guardians and he even had them take out something that they had star lord doing because he said star lord wouldn't do that oh yeah uh, yeah and i know cool. and i know other directors also were there and had input other mcu directors so it really was like a massive collaboration and they they, they really do labor to get the characters right mm-hmm. which is something that made this movie so effective yeah absolutely was everybody staying true to their their characters. So overall, just like a really good experience in the the theater. And I think that that's what Marvel keeps on bringing is just outstanding experiences. Right. It's bringing audiences what they want in the form of like a good time, jokes, excitement, strangeness, wonder. But this movie did all that without also without pandering. You know, there yeah. there's some out there stuff in here, like Thor going to that crazy forge and Peter Dinklage being a giant dwarf. And also like the ending is devastating and ends on a, such a downer. <sighs> so Marvel knocking it out of the park. So let's go ahead and let's move into our, our fixes. How about uh, do you have a first fix for us? Lady one. I do have one. We we talked about this a, a little bit about the moment when Thor arrives in Wakanda. Yeah. And I think collectively the internet agrees that that moment only would have been better if we had Immigrant Song playing. Oh. And <laughs> to that effect, there were not really all of the Avengers individual themes. Yeah. Like we get we get the Wakanda like just a taste of it when they're like I know where we can go. But I, it would have been cool if the first time we see all of those characters, we got a beat of their their different themes. I think that could have added to the um, kind of coming together that we were getting because the soundtrack really doesn't have their individual songs. So just just a taste of it mm-hmm. would have been nice. Yeah, a little little Zeppelin for the palette. That's good. Yeah, it seems like outside of the fact that like Peter Quill has a Zune with a whole bunch of songs on it, which explains why mm-hmm. he has earth songs from the 70s um, <laughs> there they seem to be scared to put songs in their films other than the score yeah and that that's also what i was saying is all of these characters in their individual movies they have their songs so just a little touch of it could have been nice when we first see them yeah like when dr strange is finally using his powers against thanos mm-hmm. and he's like maybe just sprinkle in a little bit of the dr strange score yeah. That'd be neat. It would add a little, little flavor. Uh-huh. If Immigrant Song had started playing already in that moment that was already one of the best moments of the film, I, my head would have exploded. I know. It would have been great. <laughs> Mustachio, why don't you give us your first fixity doodle? All right. My first uh, bitchy bitch is going to be involving <laughs> the power gym. So Xandar got annihilated. 
I wanted to kind of see that. Yeah, it got destroyed off off screen. Off yeah. screen, it's like they just allude to the fact that yeah, Xandar's got fucked up because obviously he's got that purple thing in his affinity gauntlet. I know that we get to see an awesome like all out defense of the Nova Corps on Xandar in Guardians One, but with all that love for this place and how they they destroyed the whole like Nova fleet of the Centurions and the Denarians, but I kind of wanted to see what was left of their defenses uh, to fall to Thanos. Maybe even just something small, like sending in Thanos' children, and we realize how bad they are because they just like fuck Glenn close up. Um, I don't know. So just what happened on Xandar, because all the other gems seem to have like a very meaningful when Thanos gets that gem somebody's dying somebody's miserable something's going wrong but for that one it's just like oh yeah he already did it so you would fix that by showing the the destruction of xandar yeah something something showing that the power gem was was taken and not just off screen well yeah they they could have fixed that by making the second gem they got which was from loki the first gem that he got and then you could have later just had a jump scene where Thanos and maybe one of his Black Order are on Xandar and just, you know, they're just like destroying half of the population and like they kill John C. Riley and they grab the stone. Yeah, that that would have been pretty hard for a lot of people, even though we don't have like a lot invested in that character per se. But just watching John C. Riley's friendly ass get killed, that would have been that would have been hard. <laughs> it would have been a nice cameo, I thought. Anyway, uh, Power Gym. Fucking show us that. That's uh, that's what I got. What about you, JC? You got a you got a, a minor bitch? Well, I have a lot of like minor you know, gripes like that are really really small, but I'm not really going to nitpick too much about like like m- about miners? Like <laughs> yeah. You're going to talk about people in uh, mines? I'm going to talk about people who mine gems. Okay. Yeah, like so these are the infinity stones but in the comic they're the infinity gems and i really feel like they did a disservice to the miners of those gems <laughs> <laughs> that's not even that funny i don't know why i, I find know. that it's, so funny. it's, it's not uh, i guess i'm just kind of loopy this morning it was just bad enough to be good all right so anyway you know there's so many tiny things like when that giant ring ship comes down where to new york it causes such a disturbance that Streets are getting blown all over the place. There's debris and rubble everywhere. But when that same ship shows up over Scotland, where Wanda and Vision are, it's up there just silently sitting there. I'm like, uh, I mean, make your ships do the same thing. There's a lot of little, little tiny, tiny things. But I guess one small one is the beginning, the death of Loki. Mm-hmm. I thought that Loki doesn't go out in a way befitting of Loki. He he's got the the tesseract, which is which is true, because he stole it at the end of Thor Ragnarok. But when he goes up to face Thanos, he's just going to walk up and kind of charm him again into letting him join his crew and go to Earth. And he's got he phases his dagger in his hand. First of all, if Thanos is Black Order, if none of them see that dagger, they're useless. <laughs> why, ha- why have them around? You know, Loki's used that trick where he projects himself in a different place. Uh, he's used mm-hmm. it against Thor in multiple movies. And I thought as soon as he goes, hey, 
why don't you give me another chance to go to Earth or whatever? I thought, oh, okay, that's a projection. And he's going to like let his projection walk up to Thanos and he's going to like stab Thanos in the back or, or something. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, maybe wouldn't have killed Thanos because Thanos has all these crazy power stones and whatnot, but would have made him more in keeping with Loki. Loki's usually one of the smartest people in the room. Yeah, it would have been much more in character for him to go out that way than yeah. just straight up su- trying to like surprise you and stab you. Yeah, just be like, hey, I'm standing right in front of you. Hey, I'm going to try to stab you in the neck. Like, just it, it, that didn't feel very Loki to me. How about another fix for us, Lady Wan? Where was my gratuitous shirtless shot? (laughs) Oh, there was no man beef in this. No, I expect it. I need it. I am paying for it. Gimme. (laughs) (laughs) Just one. Come on. I mean, Thor Ragnarok went so far as to give us Hulk butt. <laughs> With the uh, reigniting of the dying star, he could have lost his top or something. Oh, his top should have blown off, and then Lady One would have <laughs> like just flown out of her seat. <laughs> popcorn everywhere. The bum, bucket bum, of bum, popcorn bum, literally bum, bum, explodes bum. in front of her. Like as the as uh-huh. his top as his top <laughs> blows off, and immigrant song starts. Lady One's popcorn just explodes, and then we have like like Peter Dinklage's character like. Actually, having to address that. Oh, did he just lose his shit? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, right. I just, I just want that. Okay, so you would fix yes. that that scene yeah. right there and make make that. Yeah, that's that's a good fix. Let's make. It's a perfect opportunity for it. Yeah, let's. Yeah. Thor's beautiful pectoralis major should have been out for everyone to to behold, <laughs> as he reignited a dying star. I can't think of anything more manly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> What's your next fix, Mustachio? Okay, so I connect a lot with like the emotion-centric characters like Hulk and then also Scarlet Witch being able to manipulate energy and to also read people's minds and understand and feel that with them. She's a bit of an empath like me. So I kind of wanted more of like a description of why Hulk's not coming out. He's fearful of what Thanos just did. He whooped his ass. So I just wanted Hulk saying that. Hulk's scared. And he's like, what? Hulk, you don't get scared, big green guy? Or something. That's just a little bit of like nerd in me wanting to hear how they address it. And then also with Scarlet Witch, she's a fucking badass in this movie. Yeah. She actually can read people's minds without them knowing. I felt like they could have done a little bit more with that, with the vision. They could have just been talking to each other without their lips moving. And there could have been more of like, like she would have understood Vision's super intelligence rationale for how the mind gem should have been destroyed. And it would have helped prevent just yet another how this gem is going to be forked over to Thanos by killing one person or choosing one person over half the universe. So this is kind of like a little melding of Mm -hmm. the emotion, her actual capabilities, and then also with fixing that little gem problem. I like what you're saying exactly because we already have Peter and Gamora having the couple, I have to kill you to save the universe, but I really don't want to because I totally love you. It's the exact same thing happens to that other couple. It would be a really cool contrast if we see Wanda and Vision handling it totally different because they are these completely different beings than Peter and Gamora. Like, they're next level. It would be cool to see not the exact same interaction of like, oh, I really don't want to kill you, though, because we just saw that earlier. So it would be more interesting to see a 
the same situation being responded to very differently. Exactly. In in like this super intelligence way. JC, we got a question for you. You got a you got another fix for us? My fix has to do with Vision and Wanda. So Oh yeah. So it's going to it's going to take some of the stuff that that you said and going to change it a, a little bit. Yeah. I 100% agree with your fix too, by the way. Oh, I thank didn't you. think of that, which is good. Yeah. So the MCU has been very strange with Wanda. She's the most powerful person in the universe when they need her to be, and she's the weakest thing in the universe when they need her to be. They don't, they're not very consistent with her. You know, she shows up on that, that battlefield and grabs eight gigantic spiked ships and throws them backwards like they're nothing. Like, she's literally she's the most powerful person on that whole team. And yeah, and they're like, why wasn't she down here the whole time? Yeah, because she probably could have. She, <laughs> she probably could have killed everyone if she wanted to, but they could just kind of make her have to hang out up there because she's the one to destroy the gem when they pluck it out of the head. But so they kind of explain it away. But after seeing her take those ships and throw them like they're nothing, I was like, why did she struggle at all with Proxima Midnight and Corvus Glaive? Why did <laughs> why did either of them even land a punch to either a Vision or Wanda? But they powered her down just, just so she could be in trouble so Captain America could show up. Wanda doesn't need Captain America. She's that powerful. So to try to reconcile why she's so powerful at the very end and not that powerful when she's fighting just two Black Order people and to also give a little more heft to the relationship between Wanda and Vision. I wanted to put into the character to where Vision somehow knows that Wanda is stronger than Wanda thinks she is. Mm -hmm. She just doesn't realize what she is yet. She knows she can fly and she can shoot some red bursts and stuff, but Vision understands exactly how powerful she is and she doesn't quite believe that or understand that, which kind of explains why she uses her powers kind of to their least... Uh, effective in the the earlier fight scenes Mm -hmm. she plays down to her competition yeah whereas at the end maybe vision somehow awakens in her emotionally she starts to believe in herself and she's realizing how powerful she is and when she she finally does have that moment that reveal of how powerful she is would be like it like an oh shit moment even more because Mm -hmm. Vision's been telling her that she can do this. Like maybe because Vision's like, you have the power to actually destroy this Infinity Stone. And she's like, no, I don't. Like maybe she doesn't believe that she can do that. And that shows like maybe a more loving nature to their their relationship. Vision helping Wanda believe in herself and believe that her powers are larger than she even believes them to be. And then at, at the end, her actually letting those powers loose like just really digging deep and letting those powers explode, maybe because of her fear for vision and her love of vision uh, would make that impactful. And I think it would be give more meaning to the characters and also would yeah. kind, of, kind of explain uh, the inconsistencies in the level of her power. How about another fix for us? Lay it on us, Lady Wan. Okay, I have one last one. And I just feel like acknowledging that my fixes this week are not like my usual ones. They are not about changing the plot dramatically. I just want to see some things that I think could have taken this just a little bit more exciting. And this one I actually got from a friend of mine. We were talking about it. And uh, shout out to Dan. What's up, Dan? I wanted to see those rhinos again from Black Panther. I would have loved to see like 
Thanos' army getting gored by a rhino. That would have been so cool. The rhino mm. riders would have been amazing. More animals. Yeah, like, they introduced us to such a cool concept that when I saw Black Panther, the whole theater went nuts when the rhinos, like, the true use for the rhinos got revealed. And that would have been a really, really fun way to shake up this whole, like, people punching weird animal things. Oh, like, my God. Bring in the rhinos. Battle rhinos would have been yes. just the icing on the Wakanda cake. It would have been so great. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> this is why we do the fix. <laughs> uh, I just <laughs> froze in a dumb pose. <laughs> Mustachio, why don't you give us another fixity doodah? Fixity A. Can we address the fact that Peter Quill totally had like a, a what's in the box moment? What's in the box? What's in the box? Because like, like, yeah. he realizes Gamora gets killed by Thanos and he like, yeah. I So that for me, like we kind of sense that he was about to, you know, fuck up the, the plan to steal the Infinity Gauntlet because he's about to just pistol whip, you know, Thanos' ugly mug. But I, I know that's a hard scene to maintain like really strong emotions because Thanos is emotionless. Mm. He doesn't care. And you know, this yelling at someone who's not there, it goes empty. But I wanted more of a Peter Quill meltdown because in comics, like when they do like a close up of someone's face when that person's panicking, it is yeah, terrifying. They look the like comics. devastated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I know like Silver Surfer had that face a lot. So this realization that half of the universe and that like Gamora's death and he doesn't know how it happened or what happened or what he can do to stop it. I wanted that to be there. Maybe maybe for that, like Peter Quill's mom could have spoken to him you know, a little bit. So that ringing true to the people that he loves in his life and how she is one of them. I wanted that to kind of play through because for this scene, the emotion was kind of sucked out of it. It was more of just showing how he's flawed in that trying to stop Thanos, but he gets in the way because he wakes him back up. I wanted that to have more of a devastation effect because, you know, the next scene is a moon getting thrown down on them and they're all getting blown to shit. That's devastation. But I wanted Peter Quills to be like he has very little reason to, to keep going or more anger, or more frustration. Yeah, and I don't think enough attention is paid to the fact that they almost had the gauntlet off, and Peter Quill just fucks it up and basically I think everybody's mad about that. Kills the whole... I I haven't heard as much Peter Quill outrage as I thought I would. Oh, no, it's everywhere. I mean, just... Everybody's like, Peter got everyone killed. Yeah, Peter (laughs) Quill killed everyone because... Thanos killed his girl. I mean, he's a titan-killing long-term booty call, but... He's got issues. One of my final fixes here is that scene on Titan is a little strange when they're all fighting Thanos, literally somebody who could do anything. In the comic, Adam Warlock is kind of observing this thing that's going on with Thanos, and he decides he's going to try it two ways. He's going to try it the easy way, and then he's going to try it the hard way as far as stopping Thanos. And the easy way is to distract him enough for Silver Surfer to suddenly bolt down and just rip it off of his arm. In the comic, once that fails, he's like, all right, we're going to have to do this the hard way. So I would have made the Adam Warlock character into this Doctor Strange role. And Doctor Strange maybe goes through and he looks at all the millions of scenarios and he doesn't just see one, he sees maybe two. And he's like, all right, we're going to try this first way. And if the first way does not work, we're going to try the second way. 
So the first way was to have all of them just attack him and they try to rip it off. And when that doesn't work, Stephen Strange knows that the, that the only way is going to be to give him the stone. And that would explain why even after searching all those multitudes of what happens, he still allows this ridiculous display to, to happen. So that's a little bit of fix for that. Of course, we can't not mention the uh, the end credit scene where Nick Fury yes. turns into dust. Kobe Smulders is uh, <sighs> Maria Hill. Uh, she turns into dust, but not before Fury manages to hit the space pager <laughs> <laughs> that pages Captain Marvel. So, of course, yeah. uh, Captain Marvel is going to come the, to the rescue here. I'm sure she was off planet dealing with some crazy other galactic stuff, although I can't imagine anything more necessary than Thanos yet. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to get lots of Brie Larson, and I'm stoked. Based on how good this film is, I have every bit of faith that Avengers 4 is going to be as good, if not better, because it's it's going to be excited. it's going to be all of the payoff from this outstanding film. Well, I guess we should consider this screen fixed. Send us home, Lady Wan. So feel free to reach out to us via email, screenfixpod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at screenfixpod, find us on Facebook, search for screenfixpodcast, or on Instagram at screenfixpod. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Libsyn, and Spotify. And please tell a friend. We also have a Patreon account if you would like to donate to the show. We would love it, and there are incentives there for you. We also have dreams of using any donations to fulfill our dreams of opening a one-screen movie theater to be the home of podcasting and films and film festivals and all kinds of fun stuff. So why don't you send us home with your reaction to Spider-Man turning into dust? Go, Mustachio. Wait, what? What? Not him, too. <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> Sound like a little kid, and a little kid in the audience would totally do that. Uh, Lady Wan, no, he's my favorite. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, "This is me, right?" Oh my god, that dread is too real. Oh, now I'm thinking about my own mortality. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little reality gem there. Yeah, it's a bit of reality gem to his. Like, everybody else was like, what, what? And he's like, I don't want to go. Yeah. He's all stretching. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, my Mr. God. Stark, Mr. Stark. Yeah. It was so, so sad. So sad. Oh. oh, ending it on a sad note. Oh, all right. We'll, we'll recover in time for next week. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.